Hey everybody, just want to let you know real quick, this particular episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot, the language is going to be a little bit more different, it's probably a little bit more R-rated than normal. Just want to advise that up front, so that way you're aware of it. If you say, I don't want to listen to that, that's fine, I totally understand. We've got so many episodes you can listen to, but you don't have to worry about that. If you choose to continue to listen to it, I just want to let you know that ahead of time. I thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. Please do enjoy. I know you're going to dig this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled, fun-packed episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. My name is Will, and today I get the honor of uh, interviewing Scott Crampton. Some would refer to him as Scott Cram Company Crampton. And, um, you know, so we're going to first of all let him say no, hello to everybody. I'm usually the one who refers to myself as Scott Cram Company Crampton. Okay. Uh, so a lot of times those are me that does that. So yeah, <laughs> I'm going to refer to my, myself. And, and he's had his own summer, uh, and we'll get into that as well, but there is a summer of Scott that's been summer going Scott. on. Summer of Scott. And, and nobody can take that away from him, and nobody will try. Although I'm sure people will try, but nobody can succeed. He has a theme song, for crying out loud. I mean, mm. he's saying I did get a theme song. It, it, uh, it, however, it, I think what won was the fact that it's winter now. So yeah. That, that's probably how Summer Scott ended is it's, you know, winter. So the question now becomes, if it's Summer Scott is over, what is it the winter of? Um, <laughs> it's the winter of miscontent. Uh, it's the winter of there is no hero clicks at all, so I can't do win or lose anything. Yeah. It's the winter of boredom. Uh, it's kind of a weird From situation. A standpoint. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of planning that can be done. I mean, I haven't been able to get my hands on a whole lot of Avengers forever yet. Uh, I did get a few single pieces. I got myself a blue marble and a Kazar. Um, yeah, you probably have, you probably finished and you could have left off blue marble. <laughs> um, honestly, you know, Arachnite is a playable piece. And then uh, Kazar is a playable piece. And then debatably maybe a couple of the generics, but probably not. And there you go. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a kind of a, it's a fun set. Uh, I like it, but it's kind of a throwaway at the same time. Yeah. If you if you pull a Dormammu, then you get some of the generics. If you pull a uh, Dormammu Red, is it Red Dormammu or Dormammu Red? Yeah, uh, Red, both of them uh, bring out the same guys, I believe. The mindless and the, mindless and the mindful Dormammu ones. Red. So. Yeah. So it's it's interesting thing. So yeah, we uh, Scott is uh, a great hero clicks player who I've never had the honor to sit across from. Wow. Uh, okay. I've, I've sat across from great many a hero clicks players. I remember I was in Houston a while back, years ago, and the first person was um, was uh, of course PJ and some of the folks from Phoenix S were there, and I got to sit across and play PJ at one point. Oh, then, I thought you said great HeroClix players. Well, if, if hold you on. Mean mediocre HeroClix players, yeah, I think PJ's almost mediocre. <laughs> um, as my podcast partner, I think that he's uh, he's definitely capable of at any go- time capable of maybe going three and three in a tournament. I, yeah. I think that he always can maybe win every other game if he tries hard and gets lucky. Yeah, and the first matchup was against Easter Brock. 
Uh, and of course, as soon as they said Easton, everybody was like, oh my gosh, she's going to get stomped. And I'm just sitting there like, let's just go, let's go, let's go to war. <laughs> and it was bad. I mean, it was like, this was back in the Dr. Octopus uh, OP kit world. Oh, okay. So Easton was attacking you like four times. Or like yeah. Or something yeah, like it was it was crazy. And so, yeah. And so I had a tip. But the thing about it was, is after the matchup, I sat down with my team. I was like, okay, what can I do to make this better? Like, I know this is the team I'm rocking. I don't have any choice in that yeah. matter. I can't change it. But what can I do? And so we sat down and talked for like 30, 45 minutes. And people just stood around and were watching like, this dude's just talking to him like he's a normal person. He's Easton Brock, you know, he's former world champion. This, that, that. I'm like, yeah, he's all those things. That does Me talking to him doesn't take away from any of that. But like, I want to learn how to get better. Yeah, so, I hear you. I just beat Easton Brock in fantasy football today. Uh, <laughs> for he, his team name is Scott's Top, and oh today he was definitely Scott's bottom uh, because uh, he will end with probably fifty points, and I currently have one hundred and sixty shots so, fired. Indeed, shots fired. Yeah, I can shoot fi- shots fired nonstop. Especially when it comes to beating Easton Fantasy. That's my favorite thing to do. There you go. So, first things first, Scott. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some things that you're passionate about. Uh, I'm just going to open the floor up to you and let you do that. Sure. Um, So, you know, uh, some things people don't, um, at least in the HeroClix community, don't know about me is uh, what I do for a living. I've, for the past 20 years, run American Immersion Theater. Uh, which I've been very lucky with. I founded that and uh, found in 2002. And, uh, you know, for the first 10 years, it just kind of went along. And then in the last 10 years, it's become one of the largest um, private events theater in America. In fact, it is the largest private events theater in America. Okay. um, we do our bread and butter is murder mystery dinners. Uh, the murder mystery company is under that umbrella. Uh, we also have the Princess Party Company, uh, which is kind of our second biggest thing. Uh, we have Famous for a Day, Atmospheric Entertainment. One of my new favorite things, which is Camp Dragon Online. And Camp Dragon Online, I think, is really cool because it's, um, you know, it's D&D um, online. Mm-hmm. And we combine videos with it and this kind of re- our own world immersive experience. So we have really kind of immersive uh, DMs that do voices, that do that kind of stuff. Uh, and you get the full kind of Matt Mercer styled experience when you're doing this form of D- uh, D&D. So that was the goal. And then, of course, there's games when you want to play. Uh, which is nice because anybody who plays D and D knows there, you know, it, it goes off like sixty percent of the time tops, right? Mm-hmm. That's D and D in a nutshell is going off sixty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 skeleton that you should be able to get through pretty easily. You roll dice, and the next thing you know, that skeleton's eating your lunch. Yep. You know, half your party is wiped out by one skeleton, while there's a party of like eighty others, and they're going like, uh. Guys, mm. uh, we want to fight too. It's like, nope, <laughs> nope. Jean Claude Van Damme's a skeleton is whooping the whole entire squad right now. <laughs> uh, that is true. That is very, very true. So now you mentioned about the uh, immersion theater and things like that. I know Edward was the one that told me about it. Edward Sheldon, aka Dark Logos, mm-hmm. told me about it uh, because of the you would you guys were doing the murder theater during the um. During the rock cups and things like that. The, yeah, the, we used to do that. Cups and things like that. Back when there was a rock cup, 
uh, where people would get together every year near the end of the year and get together and play hero clicks. And now, uh, you know, there still is. It was combined with the Scott Porter thing uh, this year over in Alabama. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I actually won the Silver Age Championship there um, this year. So that was, I thought, a huge win. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, like, yeah, the Rock Cup still exists. Uh, that's still happening. I obviously went a big hiatus. I do miss the whole, uh, they rented out a hotel in Atlanta yeah. uh, vibe. That was a lot of fun. And I liked that, that it was like a real 24 hours nonstop tournament. Mm-hmm. Like it for, sorry, it was like 72 hours. I remember I finished up a game, uh, at like four in the morning or something like that. <laughs> uh, like, and I was still, still competing and had a game at like, you know, 10 a.m. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And I didn't even win. You know, like some people like p- played those tournaments until it almost the other one started, uh, which was pretty great. I think yeah. pretty great. One of these days, my dream goal is to get to go to like a Worlds and a Nationals and things like that and do some things. Like I know this year they did the Battle Royales for the uh, the um, the Sword stuff. And I would have loved to have gone to that because, you know, that would have been one way to do it all in the course of, a, of a two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, and everything, and have a shot at winning some of the really dope stuff that they had. And uh, yeah, yeah, about. that was hard. A lot of people competing on that. That was, um, but you know, it was hard. I don't blame people for wanting to do that. I wanted to do that. Uh, Worlds, interestingly enough, the day I showed up, I showed up like an hour early and it was sold out. Yeah. Um, and I spent two and a half hours in line. So uh, I've done, I think, one of them at nationals, and I thought that was a lot of fun. There's a small part of me that wants to go to Philly just to do one, you know, yeah. because they are really cool. I do like them, uh, but it's a well, especially since it's going to be. I think it's Avengers Forever is going to be one. Is they're going to be doing, and then they're going to be doing the X of Swords again. Yeah, the question is, is there going to be enough people there to like consistently launch? Uh, I don't know. I would not maybe. mind just being able to win, to have a shot at winning, you know. And I know this is low ball compared to what you do win in the ultimate thing. Cause, you know, everybody wants the APOC and the Genesis. Me, I'm like, I just want the big gigantic porcupine so I can sit there and run my regular porcupine, his sword, and the big porcupine, and then have like a monster stupidity. Yeah, no, I think that those are a lot of fun. Um, he plays well with some of the older figures like Mole Man or whatever, too. So, yeah, Pog or Pog's great. Um, I, I think that's a fun prize. Any prize that's like, you know, the size of a small ham is impressive. <laughs> you know, like, right. Um, anything like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's awesome. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, there's a small part of me because that's my birthday weekend. I was debating, do I do that? Do mm-hmm. I take Mila somewhere? I'm just not sure what to do yet. Uh, but they, like, just announced it. It's like... Maybe maybe what you do not is even, you combine it. You take Mia with you. You take Mia with you there, and then you spoil her. Uh, yeah, I could take Mila there. Um, however, I don't need to torture her on my birthday. <laughs> not a not a prerequisite of birthdays. Yeah, just in general. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what you do is you you get her you get her like an all day spa trip or something while you're playing, <laughs> and then you pick her up and she's all feeling glitzy and glamorous, and then you're just like, all right, now we're gonna wine and dine you. Yeah, I I think that's a solid idea normally, but it's Philadelphia in December, and oh. that girl hates her some cold. 
Um, I'm not a fan of it either. There was a place somewhere that just got like, I think it snowed for 36 hours uh, there. And like you're thinking of Buffalo. Buffalo, yeah. The Buffalo Bills right now are in uh, Detroit playing. Because they had to move. Yeah, Yeah, because their whole stadium got snowed in. Just couldn't play, uh, <laughs> which is real, real crazy when you think about it. So, like, yeah, there was a guy out there in the streets. I think it was seven four, and it barely you could barely see his chest in the snow. Like it was like almost <laughs> like this much of his chest up to up to his head was the most yep, you could see. It's, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, wow. It's a lot. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um. But uh, yeah, this is so. Did you did you want to talk more about Heroclix, or do you want to talk about Camp Dragon? I was gonna. I was just about to ask about the Camp Dragon stuff with the with the popularity of, for example, the D and D spear and you know different things going on with D and D now. And of course, I think we're getting all slot from Wiz Kids next year and stuff like that. Talk to me a little bit about this journey to creating this new thing that you guys have. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Camp Dragon is the newest thing I've created, and it uh, came out in tw- uh, 2020. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I remember in 2020 when we weren't going out, we weren't doing anything. I was very, you know, my whole week would be like, okay, countdown to D&D, because I have nothing else going on. And then, like, you know, somebody's cat would get sick, and you don't even get to play. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was wildly disappointing. And then one of the weird things that I, I thought was just so so bizarre is there was nowhere to go that I could just play. Yeah. You know, that I really just wanted a uh, an ability to actually just play, and it never was able to, to happen. Uh, you know, so if they didn't play, I couldn't do it. And if I didn't know uh, somebody, then I was just done. You know, I was just done. So I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to keep doing that. Um, I wanted something that was going to be, um, you know, I wanted something that people could just jump and play. And so I kind of created this and then I shot for fun because I was bored. I shot my own videos with it. Mm -hmm. And then those became kind of a neat little hit, so to speak. Um you know, because it adds this level of immerse, immersion. And now I'm actually getting going out to hopefully in a month or two, my, our third uh, shoot. And I think, I don't know, I think it has something special there. It hasn't completely come together, uh, but I do think that it could be something, you know, really, really special. So, okay. You uh, never know. So if you want to check that out, it's at campdragononline.com. It's campdragononline.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can always message me. I'll get you some extra, um, you know, I'll get you some extra dragon coins or something like that. So you can play a little cheaper, give it a shot. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Sounds like a plan. So yeah, it, it's fun. It really is fun. It really is fun. We play on Roll20. You know, you got a professional DM, and you meet a lot of people, and that that's something I think that's really, really special is how many people you get to meet and, you know, just have experiences with because, uh, as as you know, like, you know, if you – when you play games with people, you make friends with people, and I think that's what's so, so important. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, anyway, yeah, that's that's the general thing about Camp Dragon. Um and I, I just love it. You know, I, I think it's really fun. We started a new thing called ARCs, which can be four, like, 
as opposed to just being kind of like these seasoned one shots, meaning like they're a total overall story, but there's individual two, three hour sessions. Okay. Uh, we do arcs now where certain, uh, where basically one DM takes you through these four different sessions mm-hmm. that are longer and you have just more choices. You can go just around more things and stuff. I, I think it's really interesting. Okay. All right. That sounds really cool. And I'm going to ask another question as a follow-up just because of you talking about this. Uh, is there a horror story that comes with playing D&D? Because uh, I, know, I know, like, for me, the times I've played D&D with people, there's always been that one guy at some point <laughs> that he's just like, I am just, I'm going to play this so hardcore that nobody's going to like me by the time it's over. Like, he played a dwarf, and it was like you know, he just hated all the humans. Yeah, I, we, we, so we have things, um, you know, there are certain dynamics, because this is a paid thing, so you can't ruin it for other people, and that's right. incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, basically, you just have to say that um, there is no murder hoboing, meaning you can't just kill a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> we're very, very cautious about... Uh, anybody that isn't fun. So we don't have anything that's like these crazy horror stories. But And we have people from all over the world playing. Yeah. Uh, it is only English-speaking right now. We don't have accommodation for others. But um, we hope to expand at some point in time. But basically, you know, yes, I mean, sure, there's been people here and there. But the DMs are really good at taking care of those people. Uh, and making sure it's a safe, fun place to play. Definitely. We also don't have kids. You know, it's 18 plus. So, gotcha. Uh, which is always important because the, the laws and regulations of adults mixing with kids online, not my favorite thing to get in part. Right. I don't want to be a 10-foot pole from that. So. Nope. Nope. I can understand that. It's funny yep. because, like, when we do the podcast, it's like a lot of times I try to explain to people, you know, we're usually about PG-13. Mm-hmm. Uh, primarily because I do have some teenage listeners. Yeah. Uh, when I look at the analytics, you know, there are some teenagers under the age of 20 that listen to it on a regular basis. So it's like, I want to try to be responsible. But at the same time, if I'm ever recording something and I just know we've gone off the rails on it. Like, I think we talked about Black Dynamite and before we even started. It was just like, all right, guys, here's the deal. What's about Black Dynamite? It's an already movie. We're going to be going off the rails on this one. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know? And that, that, that happens. That definitely can happen. And so, um, so yeah. And so you've been uh, doing this, and so you, there's no horror stories in this, which is good. So then what I was asking you was more for, have you ever been a part of any horror stories in playing D&D? Oh, man. Um, I got – I, I uh, a story that I have is I do have a story where I got to play with the CEO uh, and CFO of Roll20, which was kind of cool. Oh, well, there you go. And I got to play in character. So uh, I play as uh, – I'm a – I'm a basically an NPC in the game. So I am a Sabran Agerly, this kind of rich douchebaggy character that I play oh so well. Uh, <laughs> so commonly. No! And yeah, yeah, that's my go-to thing. And, and basically, you know, it was really cool because I dressed up, I had the twirled mustache, the hat on, and oh, nice. coat, and that kind of stuff. So, you know, I was playing in character with them. Uh, and they were really digging it. They were digging, like, the whole vibe of it. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that's probably, like, just to be able to go in with people that were really interested in the game uh, that also, you know, have this millions of people every week that are on their website. I thought that was really, really probably like a highlight of it. 
Uh, as far as nightmare stories, you know, I have I have hero quick nightmare stories. I probably have, but D and D has always been pretty good to me. I don't think I have anything that's just like this nightmare thing. Um, okay, yeah, you know what I do? Actually, the first time I ever played, uh, first time I ever played, I played with my friend Dennis, right? And mm-hmm. unfortunately, one reason I like hero clicks is because there's a lot of like kind of circumventing the rules, and people are just understanding of that concept um, that like hey you circumvent the rules i mean technically you're not cheating but it's all about figuring that shit out right yeah <laughs> so uh, um one of the things that uh happened is my friend Dennis had worked on this for quite a bit we were about hour two and he had this really big bag and i think the idea of the big bad was that it was supposed to chase us into a different area and we were supposed to meet it multiple times and um, I was a level one wizard, and all I had was like wall of clay or wall of cement or something okay. like that. Like I basically create a wall. Right. And so I asked Dennis, uh, who is still a good friend of mine, a little bit more about this. And I'm like, well, you know, how does the wall get created? He's like, I don't know, man. It's, it's in the fucking magic. And I'm like, well, does it come to the ground? Does it come from the sky? I, and he's like, it comes from the sky. I'm like, is it really heavy? He's like, yeah, it's a very heavy wall, and then it disappears after like 20 seconds or something like that. Right. I'm like, okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to drop my wall of stone on the, this dragon. Okay. And he's like, you're going, so you're going to drop the wall of stone on the dragon. Okay, well, that's going to be a pretty hard hit. And then I roll a nat 20. And kill his dragon before we even really start the game. <laughs> uh, like, before he even gets anything. And he basically packs back up, and he's like, fuck you, Scott, and leaves. <laughs> and I've never played any more of that. Like, that was the last time we played together. It's the last time all my friends played. That was that was it. Oh, my gosh. That, <laughs> that, that, that Yeah, that, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that, that's... Uh, and very indicative of the start of my hero quest career because I was probably like 16 at that point. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's who I am. I'm apparently the asshole who ruins your game plan with wall of fucking stone. Oh wow. Dropping on some motherfucker. So oh shoot, I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I'll put the warning on the beginning. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> I have a pre-recorded thing that I I have an app set up for that already. <laughs> um. So I was gonna ask you. You can you can plug over some of these. Beeps. Just, well, no, I'm just gonna put the thing at the beginning and just be like, it's, <laughs> "Hey, it is what it is." Uh, so one of the things that's funny to me was I remember hearing you on several episodes of the podcast talk about, you know, I used to be involved in Magic the Gathering a lot, and, and, mm-hmm. and so of course there's been they've been in the news recently. I know there was a big article to do about Hasbro tanking. Uh, Magic the Gathering because of what, financial loss and all this craziness, and I'm just like. Okay, I just remember the last time I bought a box of this stuff. Um, I sat there and looked at the value that I got out of that box. I said, I'm not buying another box of anything. Cause, oh, you just didn't like what well, you got. I it, mean, it's not even value. Is- it's like the value I pulled out of that box, I think I spent maybe $99 because I got it before. Because you had the pre-order prices. You could get it for 99 And then yeah, it went yeah. from that to that. And then it's like after it came out, of course, it would have been a lot more. So I spent the 99 on the box, and I got it. And I'm sitting there going, okay. These are my high-value cards, and wow, I've got maybe $50 worth of value out of this box. And Yeah, I mean, that can happen. Obviously, it's like undeniably Magic the Gathering is gambling, right? That's what it is. 
Um, however, I will say this. I don't think I, – I do a lot of financial stuff. I'm pretty big into that kind of thing. Okay. I'm a, you know, I, I spend a lot of time. I don't know if I have any investment – not a home, not a, uh, you know, not a home, not a stock portfolio, or anything that has ever appreciated as much as my Magic cards. Oh, okay. You know, like I have like a pile of Entombs that were worth like nine bucks each, and now they're like ninety bucks each. Oh, you wow! Know, like, like uh, Magic. If you sit on your Magic cards for ten years or so, they're worth a ton. I, you know. I don't know how much I have in Magic cards, but I know that like every time I look at the prices, I'm like, oh, I have like 20 of those cards, and they're like $40 cards or something yeah. like that. So like the value may not be worth it while when it starts, but then it can't, tends to wor- be worthwhile later okay. on. Um, and I think Magic's pretty good about that. What I don't like about Magic, uh, have you ever heard my Magic, uh, why I kind of stopped playing no. Magic the Gathering? So. I got to a point where I either needed to kind of go pro or stop, uh, you know, and I, I don't know if I'm an obsessive dude and that's part of just generally my problem, whatever you want to say, but I'm an obsessive guy and I always am trying to be the best at something. I'm never just going and just doing things. I wish I could relax. I wish I could do something where I'm just like, I'll just play this for fun. But the reason I don't play Marvel snap is I'm like, I'm either going to be the top Marvel Snap player on the planet or I have no interest in Marvel Snap. Like, I'm either going for that or I'm not. Yeah. And uh, so I was at that point where I, I I was winning almost every time. If we played Friday Night Magic, I was going to win. If we were playing this, I was probably going to win. I was winning most deals. I was winning most things. So I either needed to say I'm going to do this or not. And I did a little bit of it. And, you know, just for let's just start with this. It's a job and it's not fun. It's like it's kind of fun as a job, but it's not that fun as a job. Mm-hmm. It's also not creative. But the real reason I stopped playing was uh, I was at a Friday Night Magic, and this big dude is probably like 6'3", 250 area, big, big dude. Not like a built dude, but like a like a big dude, like an overwhelming dude. Like, uh, like if we were trapped in the snow uh, William, you and me could cut him open, use him like a tauntaun at home. <laughs> oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, he's a big dude. So he just stands up. He's so upset, slams his hand on the table, takes his white weenie deck that's so fucking pricey and just rips it. Like, he threw the protectors. He's like trying to rip and just mangles oh, wow. over and over and over again. He's like ripping and tearing and just throwing the cards. He's so furious. Um, I look over, his opponent is an 11-year-old child. Which, yeah, that, yeah. And that's what he was doing. And about that same time, I had really been, um, you know, I had been doing Hero Clicks, but I was really good. I loved Hero Clicks. And it was about that same year that I went to a Hero Clicks World Championship, my first major tournament in Philly. And I won that. Yeah. Uh, I managed to win my first tournament, which was kind of cool. And um, I won it with a team that if you bought it right now, like if you bought it at that time, like the day after I'd won it, you could buy the whole thing for about $12. Okay. Every single piece combined. And they gave me all this different stuff, flew me out. My opponent was so nice. Everybody I played was nice. Yeah. They were tons of prizes for winning fellowship. And in Magic, it was just 
a brutal. It was brutal, and it was. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a person that's around these people. Yeah, you know? I got you. I'm sure there's nice magic players, but it is undeniably brutal. Yeah, and I definitely, and I know that there's very nice players. I'm not trying to say there's not, but comparative to the HeroClix community, it was it was very dark. Mm-hmm. And I loved the HeroClix community. I made some of my best friends from it. Um, I always say that I play largely because they play. Yeah, I got you. You know, um, but yeah. Yeah, that's why I quit magic. Yeah, we. Um, it, it's funny that you say that about the horror stories of that. But I'm not the greatest magic player. I've built some commander decks uh, and, yeah. and different things like that. And I've completed and done well. My favorite thing is still Heroclix, though. I started playing Heroclix back with Icons. So that was what I got into yeah. it. We, we have a sponsor. So We've been sponsored. Have you ever tested your nerd kung fu? Have you ever attested? Nerd Kung Fu. Nerd Kung Fu, yes. You're Nerd Kung Fu. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is Nerd Kung Fu? Because it's not like we're going to get a bunch of nerds fighting in a ring. But maybe it's about how you look. Maybe it's about being able to show off that nerd thing that you dig. You know what I mean? Do you like The Office? Do you like Star Wars? Do you like Jurassic Park? Do you like video games, anime, movies, etc.? Because if you do, you can get your Nerd Kung Fu on. In the description on the podcast, there will be a link. You can go there and you can order up to your heart's desire on anything from shirts to socks to posters and all sorts of things. Even The Godfather. So if you're down into movies and video games and comic books and or things like that, TV shows even. I mean, like I said, The Office. Firefly is represented. They got all sorts of stuff. It's all legally licensed official stuff. Jingle Spider, uh, what's your nerd kung fu? Uh, my nerd kung fu is weak but i feel like by following the link in the description i might be able to make it stronger smider what's your nerd kung fu my nerd kung fu is a southern style it uh is very fast very aggressive mostly uses just the two first knuckles on my hand to knock people out but that's only because the stunt people are kind enough to fall over it's up to you how your nerd kung fu is we appreciate you checking it out and grabbing the link and getting your stuff from nerdcogfu.com. So, like, my, my big horror story, there's, there's two. So, the first horror story with Heroclix involves me going back to my hometown where uh, the day integration occurred, they had an emergency meeting at the school board and they decided that they were no longer going to have proms because they didn't want to have the black children near the white children. And so, I'm sorry, when was this? Uh, so the integration was, I think, 76. And so they had their meeting, and so they've not had a full prom that the school sponsored. Now, the kids have put money together and done their own prom since then in other locations. Oh, okay, so what year was it that they were integrating the prom? 76 was the, was the year, and it, they have not done a prom at my high school since. Okay. So, yeah. So they had that emergency meeting the night when integration was coming in. And so, yeah. So, but put it this way. My hometown, mentally, for the most part, has stayed in that era. Jesus. And so, I mean. Where do you live again? uh, Small town in in Tennessee. I'll tell you off the recording. Uh, But anyway, (laughs) and Edward knows this story. So it's it's funny because the day it happened, I called him. I was just like, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what happened. Uh, 
So I go, this was around Deadpool X-Force. And so they're doing a SEAL tournament. I was going to visit my mom. It was a year after my stepdad had passed away. And I was just like, I wanted to go see her, be with her for that first time, that first Thanksgiving without my dad. And so, but I went up there to play in a tournament for a little bit. I needed to get away from my mom because my mom also drove me crazy. Uh, so I went up there to play in the tournament. And I'm, you know, I'm getting up there and it's like me and this other black dude, you know, he's there. He's got his wife and his their kids and they're all laughing and cutting up. But I'm, I'm talking with them and having a good time. And so then I'm at the counter getting ready to pay for my two packs. And the black guy that came in with me and another white guy were over there. They were all like, um, the white guy was like, what do you think about him? Well, I'm the only one at the counter, so I know they're talking about me. And so yeah. the black guy's like, well, I guess I'm not the only token one here now, am I? And the white guy's just like, well, I guess as long as you know your place, boy, you'll be all right. And I looked at the Jeez. store owner who I went to high school with, and he's apologizing to me, and he's just like, I'm sorry, man. I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, okay, so kicking him out of the store, I guess, is an option. Okay. Uh, we're just going to accept. Okay. So now I got a decision to make. I either got to be spiritual or I want to burn the store to the ground. Well, I can't burn the store to the ground. It's not got to be spiritual. I mean, because you don't have the lighter fluid. <laughs> right. You went home, you got the gas, <laughs> and then you burned the store to the ground. That's a good call. So, that was the right so, call. No, no, I did not burn the store down. <laughs> so anyway, so my first match was against the person who taught a lot of them how to play. And she and I, I'm like the year beforehand when I went home, I made her husband quit the game because I had a Nick Fury Agents of Shield team, Balls of Fury, Nick Fury, and Shield. And he had two of the characters from Pacific Rim. He had like the 300 point Slathering, and then the 600 point, uh, there was another Leatherback, I think. And he played them. And because he almost lost, he quit the game. Like he didn't even lose. I got he didn't even place. lose. And he got mad and threw his pieces across the thing. Kept talking about that, 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 that colored fella that uh, was a ringer, apparently, because he had never been pushed that hard before He's in his crying. life. And I'm like, first of all, I'm right here, guy. Second of all, why are you talking about me like I'm not in the room? Third of all, why are you calling me colored? What color am I? Okay, talk to me about this. Uh, so all this stuff is going on. That's a lot. So then I, you know, of course, I'm getting ready to play, so... His wife plays me, and so I beat her in like five minutes. And so then they're all like looking around, going, "Who's this dude? He can't beat you. You taught us how to play." So go, Will's pretty good. Now, mind you, I've done a few ROCs in Houston and stuff like that, and I've never been yeah. a master of it, but I feel like I'm okay. You're playing non-mentally incapacitated figures. Right. You're playing real figures in Hero Clicks. You're not playing absolute, absolute trash figures. You know. So anyway, so I go in and like literally my team at this at this deal was Colossus and Cable from X Deadpool X Men. That's my team. And so then this guy, this guy who was talking all that noise earlier about being not being the token dude or whatever, he comes over. He's like, "Well, I play. I'm the most advanced player here. I played in ROCs. You don't even know what those are, do you? Realms Open Championships? Yeah, I know about those." And he's like, well, I got my 2017 dice, and I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, cool. You mind if I change my dice out a little bit? I was like, yeah. I pulled out my 2015s, my 2016s, my 2017s, and my 2018s that I had just gotten when I played Eastern Brock that round one. And so he was like, wait a minute. The only tournament that happened this year already was back in Houston. I was like, yeah, I was at that tournament. He goes, wait. P.J. Bowman was at that tournament. Easton Brock was at that tournament. These people at that tournament. I was like, yeah, I was there with them. I played Easton Brock round one. 
And they were just like, who are you really? I was like, I'm the monster that your racism has created. Because just because you think I'm inferior to you because of this, which is something you nor I can control, you're going to learn a very valuable lesson about defeat today. Now, mind you, it started snowing, so then I'm calling a taxi cab because my mom's concerned about me. So I'm calling, I'm on the phone with my mother and the taxi company in between while I'm beating the brakes off of this guy. And he's just like, well, you know, if you need to leave, you can go, oh, no, take that piece off the board. He's done. He's like, how do you know? He took four clicks of straight damage from, from, from Cable Psychic blasting him. He's dead. Take him off the board. And he took the clicks. He's just like, he's KO'd. I was like, yeah, exactly. Next. And I'm just running the whole thing the whole time. And so then. Yeah, that Colossus I'm looking at him right now is 150 points. That's pretty good for sealed. Trying to look at find the cable. He, that was the cable that had the phase teleport. And if he only phase teleport up to four squares, he could shoot. Yeah. And so then, yeah, it was just basically like, okay, now take him off the board. And so then I had to leave beforehand because my taxi was showing up. It was snowing. So the taxi showed up. So one guy had the, the Ultra Chase uh, Deadpool with the unicorn. And so there was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, what would your math have been to defeat him? You know, I know you took second place because you had to go, but what would you have done? I said, well, let's see. He's 150 points. You kill that. I don't have to kill anything else. I can just run. He has nothing else on his team that's going to kill my two figures. And at most, I'm taking one click of damage each from them. That's my math. Yeah, that's very true. And it's just like, oh, I said, yeah, yeah, no, that that's it. That's all there is to Well, it. I'm sorry about That's obviously inexcusable. It's really ridiculous, too, that you're still, that we're dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, in this day and age. Um, you know, I, for what it's worth, people, people do talk to me sometimes about, like, you know, hero clicks and is it brutal and that kind of stuff. And, the assumption is when you get to like the the Eastons, the Georges, the Pats, um, maybe not the Isaacs because he's so young, the Ed, Matt, um, all those different people. The assumption I think is that they're the hardest playing people. They're the people that are going to be the most brutal. And there's a level where you know they're not going to let you take stuff back uh, to a level. You know, like you start rolling dice and stuff. But I can tell you this, just straight up, man, like, East, uh, like, like, if I pay me and PJ play, we'll probably take back three or four moves each. Uh, me and Jeremiah Peterson were in the top four of Critical Clicks Championship. We took a couple things back. Uh, I let Jeremiah take two or three things back. I, people always just assume we're going to play this brutal, brutal way. May, you know, and maybe that's a little more true in the final, final table. Right. Like the absolute last, like, if you're playing the very final table for a, a thing, I'm going to be a little bit more strict. But, like, just in general, everybody's really nice at the top. Everybody that I run into that's problematic is always playing, like, fun, like, quote-unquote, not competitive, super fun, casual but in no way acting casual. And a lot of times they want to win more than I want to mm-hmm. win. I don't really care about beating you. I care about playing better. Yeah. Uh, I care about, like, you know, I, I care about, I don't want to beat you. I just want to figure out ways I can win. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I get no pleasure from beating people. I don't get care about that kind of thing. And I think one of the reasons I've devoted so much time into this into the community of HeroClix is we really treat each other pretty well. Yeah. Like people are pretty nice to each other. 
it's just a great game and it's never gone dark it's never it's i've never had it go like really dark really to a point where it's just like okay we're not coming back from this yeah well i mean that like, I mean, here's the thing that one story is a story of isol in isolation that's not a story in regular situations with me um, yeah, and that, yeah, I can understand that. I can definitely understand that that is a rare scenario, and that, respect on that. You know. Respect on that. So it's just interesting when, because, yeah, you know, like I said, I played PJ. Matter of fact, I think uh, when they came at the time, they were all t Team Phoenix. So I think Edward had another appointment. So I was like, hey, you know, if they're coming to Texas, I'm going to take care of them. It's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I've got some water. I was like, you know, I know we all need to stay hydrated, so I'm going to give them some water when they come in. He's just like, oh, okay, that's dope. And so then every so often I would be calling him up like, here's my rounds. Here's what I did wrong. Here's what I did well. He was just like, okay, well, you know, we'll talk later. You know, just what are you doing now between the rounds? It's like, well, I'm just I'm watching people. He's like, okay, good. We'll keep an eye on people. Watch games. See what's going. See what's happening. Mm -hmm. You know, and so these are things I was trying to learn more when I was in that world. Um, then, of course, try to I was out of it for about five years and then came back into it with more like winter maps and stuff like that. And Thanos was the, the, the thing, which that, that was a very uh, pungent slap to the what, face. The, the, the current 175 Thanos? <laughs> the, uh, no, 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 no. The, uh, the uh, legacy Thanos. Yeah, the one hundred and seventy five yeah. legs. Yeah, yeah I, I'm glad that he is. Um, uh, I'm glad that he would. Uh, I'm glad that he's kind of neutered enough. I, you know, I don't know if anybody other than Dan played Legacy Thanos more than mm -hmm. me. Uh, I Jesus Christ! I mean, the whole summer of Scott was almost predicated on Legacy Thanos. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like I almost ever, and I kept trying to not bring him, and then it kept being the only thing that was the thing that was winning. Uh, so I had no. In, me and Isaac worked really hard on teams this year for Worlds. I think it was the most hard we've ever worked. We were very pumped, and I mean, we took second uh, and third or fourth. I don't think they've ever declared which one I took, but let's just say second and third at Worlds, which is pretty yeah. good. And both of us had to change our team in the last week or mm -hmm. two. Uh, which is just was so horrible, and the, the, we had to change it for one exact reason. We felt like we could build, beat Thanos. We felt like even with this change, we could beat Thanos with our team. But then there was Legacy Apocalypse, oh. and three Legacy Apocalypses lost to nothing. Yeah, like that's really what came down to it. Those lost to essentially almost nothing. Um, here's with your options. Uh, if you, we tried playing a game in which literally we just put leech next, to, like you could just do a free action and place the leech anywhere you want on the board. So forget everything else. Like I was just like, I'll see if leech is a viable counter free action, place leech. We were able to kill an apocalypse from that. And then leech is dead. And then they win. Um, Scarlet witch could beat three apocalypses. And did in you know did in the finals, uh, but that was close. Yeah, um, that was really really close. And then um, we had uh, it, then it was Agatha who was not as good as Scarlet Witch. There was one thing that could beat Legacy Apocalypse, and the only other thing that I found that beat it was Thanos. Like Thanos just tied it a lot of times, 
And so I just went with Thanos because it was like, I can't learn Scarlet Witch. And I just, I don't know if I just assumed they would do something about Apocalypse or what, but they just didn't. And it was really frustrating because that was just awful. Like when there's nothing you can do, like no amount of attacking, no amount, like if, if I had four characters with Pulse Wave, I still couldn't right. win. Like I, I would need them to have like something in the nature of like, 15 range pulse wave that sees through everything. Yeah. And then I'm pulse waving my own guys. Right, then. exactly. That's going to say. Know, and ignores friendly. Yeah. And even if you had that, you know, and you could blow all their pogs to death and you could just kill everything, even in that scenario, Apocalypse usually just landed on Mastermind. And then he just, sorry, not Mastermind, land on Regen and then heal, heal up. up. Yep. Yeah, and it just never stops. So that's why I went with him. But. Yeah, Legacy Apocalypse is a is a problem. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that he's now five points. I think the meta in Florida. If you guys are, I don't know who's going to championship clicks, uh, but that Florida event, I think it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be interesting meta. Mm-hmm. I think you're going to see a lot of Saturnines, and I think you're going to see a lot of X Men. Yeah, I'm about to say Apoc and Genesis are going to be a thing. I know you guys, didn't you mm-hmm. guys just do a show talking about the, you and PJ just do yep, a show? And my, our, yep, and uh, if you haven't, uh, Critical Clicks is our show. You can look that up. We're on all the different major things, iTunes or whatever you want to say, podcast stuff. They put the hard R but, in, um, they put the R in uh, Hero Clicks. <laughs> we put the hard R rating in Hero Clicks. Um, so, you know, this kind of scenario, um, I, I, I think Florida is going to be interesting. Yes, absolutely. The apocalypse is... And uh, everything is X-Men. However, one thing they're not particularly good in is hitting. Uh, so I've been wondering, does a Saturnine, does, does a three Saturnine team demon in armor, which is essentially 155 points. Demon in armor is the one that says that whenever you're win. within six squares, um, you don't get into something. That, like, any, any of your characters, demon in armor says any of your own characters they're within six squares of him. Any of those characters, uh, if you're if you're if an opponent is attacking them, they can't modify any attacks. So essentially, how it works is you take Saturnine, you take Demon Armor. Now there's different ways to do this, but you can just put Captain Carter's shield on Demon Armor, and all the Saturnines are in 19. Now, assuming that, that means that they have to shoot most commonly 11 on a 19, and that 11 on 19. Uh, basically is an 8, and if they hit a 8, 9, or 10, Saturnines can just kind of lower it by 1. So it guarantees quite a few misses. Where I think it becomes really magic is if you add, like, a manifold chip and give everybody essentially combat reflexes and you oh, give them... Oh, so that, that way that's um, close or range. range. Combat, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you got plus 2, so you're going on a... Tw- 22, and we've been actually playing with Owatu and just going with a Captain Carter shield on it and just going with the idea of, look, it's a 21 and we have combat uh, combat reflexes and uh, energy shields, just 11 on 22. And isn't that a mystical team, I think, Beam? No, okay. you, you can't really combine demon armor with anything. I don't think you need to, though, and the reason is X-Men's going to win map. <laughs> like... There's no real reason to... When you're coming up with a team like this, 
it's best to just forget theme because you need very specific characters okay. to win. You have to you have to find a way to get to a really high attack or a really high defense. And really the only way around it is poison, pulse wave, uh, or simply outwitting, um, you know, defend, which helps. But I think if you get all those things, it can be very, very challenging to outwit, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get the enough of outwits on, enough of the stuff. So that's been where I've been at. I'm probably going to build I'm probably going to build a Saturnine team. Um, but here's the rough one that I have right now. Which would be Saturnine, Saturnine. Um, oh, sorry, wrong one. And is this the OP kit Saturnine, or is this the set? Yeah, okay. thirty-five points Saturnine. So thirty-five points Saturnine. What she does is it's a global effect. It can't be outwitted, and basically, uh, once per turn, she can lower at the end of the attack. She can just lower the amount rolled by one, and that power stacks. So if you have three so, Saturnines, then basically you can lower it by three. You can lower by three. So essentially, you know, a lot of times you're trying to roll for a nine just to hit before Saturnine. And then if you roll it, she's going to make it so you had to roll a 10 or an 11. If you're all crits, if you're all boxcars, you win. Yeah. You know, like, congratulations. You go out, you do a, you, you, I don't have reroll on you or line of fire. You roll a crit hit. Energy explosion, yeah, congratulations, you 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 fucking won. This game. <laughs> uh, but outside of that, I don't know, man. Like it feels pretty good. I don't know if there's anything else that like like it. it I don't know anything else that would stop X Men. And really, what's going to happen is what will happen is I uh, you're going to get pulse waved a lot by um, Saki Iron Man. Yeah. Who and will now become an X Possibly, <laughs> yeah. Possibly, he'll force blast pulse wave you. Although that's pretty uncommon. He pr- usually will have to roll something else. But then he's just there. You know, you, you've taken one damage. Sure, uh, you would lose the party Thor, um, and it's not great against Scarlet Witch, which I think Scarlet Witch is the other third tier option of mm-hmm. it. But I'm going to try it out, I think, on Tuesday because I really need to see how good this could be because I feel like mm-hmm. it could be phenomenal. You can also put Emotional Modifier. Oh, I said I would say the team. So Saturnine, Saturnine, Demon in Armor, Captain Carter's Shield on Demon in Armor, Emotional Modifier, The Watcher. Sorry, Captain Carter's Shield on The Watcher. It's the one that can turn to click, tw- uh, have a 20 defense defend, giving everybody 21. Is that the, the starter uh, one? Starter okay. one, yep. So uh, the Watcher, Chip, and then the Flash for just being a good attacker and leadership, Saki Iron Man with the cloak, and that's 295. Um, And that's assuming that if you want to go the Watcher and go to the 21, two Saturnines should be okay. It's hard to say. You know, it's interesting how things have changed so much going back to, like, that Icons era where, like, you bigger teams were, like, stuff like, okay, you got the Superman. And you've got the mm-hmm. dark sides, and now you've got teams that have, in some cases, seven to eight people on them. <laughs> you know? It's just crazy how the uh, yeah, that point true. values that have changed true. a lot. So, that is Scott, true. I see we're riding low on time. I just want to go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but I want to let people know, first of all, where you're at. But I also have one other question for you. Now, we talked about the immersion theater a little bit. And like I said, mm-hmm. I know Edward talked about to me about the different murder theaters. How does one host 
a murder theater. <laughs> Uh, so if you wanted to host a murder mystery dinner, uh, you call us at 888-643-CLUE. That's 2583. Um, and you can go to our website, murdermysteryco.com, uh, or just literally search the Murder Mystery Company on Google. Uh, we walk you through everything. We Basically, when you're coming to us, you, we do everything. We do the whole shebang. So um, all you have to do is show up and we do the rest um now if you wanted to do it at your house at a restaurant those are too much common places we do them outside uh we do them in parks we do them you know at company functions sometimes in big places sometimes in small uh one of the neat things about us is you know i i've literally done shows in seattle where i was on the bill gates compound one day and then the very next day i was performing in grandma's like house and her, you know, our green room went from like green m&ms uh and like a full pot roast to you know a room that had a bunch of coats in it that uh uh you know and some knickknacks and such it's that kind of thing where it constantly you know it constantly is something you can do so just check us out um we can do anywhere. It uh, really, if you have eight people, upwards of you know two thousand, really, that's kind of our bread and butter. So hopefully, hopefully, if somebody's interested, feel free. Uh, we are almost completely sold out in our twenty-two locations okay. nationwide for December, uh, but we might have some spots available. So let us know. But it's great for birthdays, that kind of stuff. And are you looking for any talent to come aboard for that? Yeah, I mean, we, we have around 2,000 actors uh, that we kind of rotate through uh, nationwide. So if you're in one of those cities, you know, that, you know, like you're looking around, there's like buildings. Like if you look around your city and there's like corn, we're probably not there. <laughs> but if you look around and you're like, oh, I, I see buildings. Like we're in Nashville, for example. You said you're in Tennessee. Hey, um, if you're in one of our places, absolutely. We audition twice a year. Uh, next one's going to be coming up end of January. So we're always, you know, looking for new talented people. So you can feel free. You can go to AIT.careers. That's AIT.careers. And uh, that's where we post all of our auditions. <laughs> Believe it or not, it's an actual ranking website for, like, theater jobs. Cool. So we, yeah, we work very hard on that. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's something to make sure that, uh, make sure you get me those links so that way I can make sure to get them in the show notes as well so that way people can sure, find yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, tell people where else they can find as far as the Yeah, other uh, some of the other about. things. You know, the big thing for your audience uh, I love promoting is Camp Dragon Online. I think that that's incredibly, incredibly valuable. Uh, if you get a chance to do something like this, let me know. Uh, I think you're going to absolutely love it. Uh, I love what we're doing with Dungeons and Dragons. I think it is really, really special. So uh, please come out, check out Camp Dragon online. Uh, and if you want to listen to Hero Clicks BS on my uh, free podcast, feel free to check out Critical Clicks. Um, you know, just search it into whatever podcast engine you do, and I am pretty positive you're going to find something. Find it and then be disappointed. Well, you know, or, or at least, or at least, you know, they're not talking about Marvel Snap for forty-five minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we're not talking about Marvel Snap for a minute. Give yourself a break. Talk about Hero Clicks as opposed to Marvel Snap. Uh, what a big win that is! Oh, oh, by the way, you and Edward were also mentioned as part of. I, I, I think it was. Uh, uh, oh shoot! It's the one with. Uh, 
Calder and them on there. They were talking about it. Somebody asked a question about uh, hero doing a hero clicks basketball team. And so I think it's a dial H for. Did they say I would be a, make a good rep? It, no, they 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 were they were recruiting players, actually. Okay. And so they had you down, and then I think. Uh, uh, hang on just a second, because I think I just got Edward, if that's okay with you. You mind if I bring him in? Yeah, go for okay, it. Okay, hang on. Let me do yeah, the invites, if I can figure out how to do the invite from here. 